is episode 160, and of course, I'm your host, Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. And before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, just quickly about Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong is a cross-border payment solution helping people keep more of their hard-earned money. That's right. If you are sending or receiving money internationally, and that's in the business context, of course, if you are sending money to your overseas supplier, your manufacturer, your VA, even your employees, Ping Pong can help you save money by sending localized currency at a very cheap rate. That means that no more going to banks for international wires, no more uh, having to deal with the accounting issues. Save more money by sending uh, sending through Ping Pong to your supplier. Again, when time is money, you want to save that as best you can. Really, in the day and age when Q4 is starting later this week, you want that turnaround time to be quick and effective and efficient. Make sure you're protected and make sure you save that time, money, and effort with a solution like Ping Pong Payments. Thank you, Ping Pong, again, for sponsoring Crossover Commerce. That being said, this is episode 160. Thank you for watching and listening to us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, that's right. We are on Twitter, everyone. Twitter's a thing. It's no longer Periscope. It is live. If you follow Ping Pong Payments or myself on Twitter, you can watch and engage with us live. That's the beauty about going live on these channels is that if you do have questions, you can ask your questions in the comments section. So if you're listening to us and it says live in the ticker, go ahead and submit your question or your thought or silly comment if you want or where you're listening from. And we'll be able to uh, say hi and we'll throw you up on the screen. But if you are listening to this again on your favorite podcast uh, platform, that would be Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. The list goes on and on and on and on. But if you're listening to us, we're going to be available on those platforms as well. Just subscribe to Crossover Commerce and make sure that you get notified every time there's a new episode. It's really easy to do. Just click that bell. With that being said, uh, there's there's so many different things that we cover in this podcast. If you're a friend of the show or if you know and have listened to multiple episodes before, we talk about the gauntlet, right? We talk about sourcing and logistics, marketing and advertising. We talk about launching your products. We talk about um, you know just enhancements of marketing opportunities on and off platform, PPC, it, the list again goes on. But that being said, we haven't touched about some of the ways to protect your assets. And that, and that would be in the essence of making sure there's intellectual property. Obviously, with uh, we've had people on the past to talk about intellectual property and protecting your products and goods. But what if you're selling your goods and making sure that if there's damaged items or goods, or just in general, someone tries to file a claim that it's defective or hurt them or anything like that, how do you protect yourself as a third-party seller? Because at the end of the day, who's responsible for the product? Is it the platform? Is it you, the seller? Who is that individual? So we are actually going to be talking about e-commerce insurance. No, we're not talking about Jake from State Farm. We're not talking about Geico. We're not talking about any of these other things. We're talking about people who have got your back, who are going to be able to help you stay protected in the unlikely, but hopefully, hopefully unlikely, but potentially... Uh, event that there might be uh, occurring, depending on what you sell, if that something goes wrong, that you're going to be protected and safe and secured, and it's not going to cost you your uh, your house or your business. So that being said, I brought in local to me expert uh, Ashlyn Haddon of uh, Ashlyn Haddon Insurance. She actually is what 10 to 15 minutes away from here locally, so it's actually the closest and lo most local person that this podcast has uh, been to. to our guest, not around the world. She's uh, just a hop, skipping, quick drive down the street. So that being said, she is one of the foremost experts in this space right now and has got a lot of important and special dates for you if it's a private label seller, but just in general, 
um, what to be uh, looking for in terms of protecting your assets, and that's your business. That being said, let's welcome on to Crossover Commerce, Ashlyn Haddon of Ashlyn Haddon Insurance. Ashlyn, welcome to Crossover Commerce. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, like I said, we could have had this in person, but I mean, said you have so much, uh, so many things going on right now where we should do a live uh, podcast together uh, just because we're so close together. But Absolutely. it's nice to have an, a local Hoosier um, uh, on the show. All right. We got to know. Are you a Colts fan? I, unfortunately, right now, if you're, uh, I am a Colts fan. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge uh, Colts fan. <laughs> okay. So uh, did you travel down to Nashville this past weekend? That's the first question. I didn't. No, okay. I'm in the office working with e-commerce clients who have waited till the last minute to get their insurance. <laughs> oh, Look at that little tease right there. No, it's 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 sad too. I would say Indiana. So I, I worked for the Pacers and Fever for Friends of the Show. So yesterday was actually kind of a, a huge day um, here locally. If, you, if you're a fan in sports, they renamed the entire arena that actually has had the rights up in the air for, I want to say a solid four years right now. Um, when the deal, but they actually renamed Bankers Life Fieldhouse now to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Thoughts quickly on that as, that as a sportsman. Yeah, that uh, that was announced yesterday. So uh, breaking news here about sports uh, on the <laughs> e-commerce podcast. Uh, yeah, new local sponsor for the big Fieldhouse here in downtown, which is going to be opening up in October after phase two of their construction. So if you're a big sports fan, uh, that was announced yesterday as well. I mean, that's basketball. <laughs> that is, well, we are in Indiana, and for people who know that, that is a big deal here uh, in our state. But football, like you said, uh, yeah, it, it's a fall sport, but a lot of people kind of get with the fall weather, no matter where you might be here in the United States, but then also uh, around the world, uh, see what we're going to call it seasons. Seasons and cycles actually come in big waves, and it, it's almost like an indicator of, oh my gosh, I have to think about these things coming up. Like right now, it's fall. Your, the leaves are starting to change colors that in my internal guts tell me, Oh crap, Christmas is coming. And that, right. that is the weirdest, <laughs> that is the weirdest e-commerce like siren coming off on me. <clears throat> that being said, Keyforce starts literally this week, but uh, just to kick off e-commerce insurance and everything like that. I've never heard of someone who specializes in some specific e-commerce insurance. Is that, is that a, is that a difficult thing to do, or is that something that kind of just pulled you in that direction? Like, what's that background for you? For yeah, so who hasn't I heard didn't, about? I didn't know anything about e-commerce insurance until a little over five years ago, when one of my personal lines customers came to me and said, "Hey, I'm selling on Amazon, and I was reading through the terms of service, which nobody reads through the terms of service. Yeah, good for them. And <laughs> the terms of service says that I need this insurance policy. Can you help me?" And I was like, I didn't even know there was third-party sellers on Amazon. Nobody at the time liked online retailers because there's just, there's been no, insurance is all about risk and looking back over history and like the actuarial data. And nobody had any because nobody had policies for these types of people. So the insurance companies wanted to stay away from it. And I was like, it's just not worth my time. It's gonna be hard. Like, just go away, please. <laughs> and he kept bugging me and bugging me. And so I was finally able to get a carrier to do it. And he came back and was like, Hey, I've, I've got this group on Facebook and there's 15,000 of us in here. And maybe we're all going to have to do this. So can I share your information? And I was like, all right, maybe this is worth my time now. So I kind of got in the group yeah. and 
answered questions and I was on the phone all the time and everyone kept saying like, nobody likes us. Nobody wants to work with us. Nobody, like everybody hates us. And it just, I don't know, it like pulled my heartstrings. And I was like, you guys are like the redheaded stepchildren and nobody likes you. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to focus on helping getting you guys protected. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And it kind of just snowballed from there. So it went from one Facebook group to another Facebook group to getting asked to present at a conference and things have just gone absolutely crazy. I've been to over 50 conferences. I've spoken at over 40 conferences. I went to China to source with some of my clients just so I could see how people were sourcing. So yeah, hopefully they're working with you right now. That, yeah. That's the case. So you go to that and because because there is no there's no market that that's what you're saying there's just literally no market there was no market well, at the time there's okay so yeah that we had to create that, it <laughs> right so you created your own niche which I really love and uh, for for the listener who's listening to they could probably you know kind of see a lot of similarities because they themselves have to find this niche or this product or service has to fit um, and find space in this world of uh, e-commerce and entrepreneurship so that's really fascinating you have to build your own business basically that wraps around people who are constantly pushing the envelope and innovating in the world, as you know, current terms and services constantly are changing, which is nauseating, frustrating. Everything's constantly changing, but probably in a world of like other insurance, there's probably more consistency, right? There's probably like, Oh, it's like a seasonality or it's pretty easy to dictate. Like, yeah, if like your hail damage or something like that, we had here locally in March. Yep. Uh, well, if there's so much damage, you're going to just write a check for a roof or something like that. that that's probably like a, a playbook. There's probably more intricacies, but is this where it's kind of like every single client is literally unique? Exactly. Policy. I was going to say it's, it's hard because you guys sell whatever you can make a buck on. It's not like some people have little niches. Somebody's you know, in toys or baby or a home or kitchen. Some people do that. But majority of people are just like, hey, I can make $10,000 on this product and I can make $15,000 on this product. And oh, heck, here's a fidget spinner with a knife on it and I can make money with this one. So it's difficult to find a company that wants to ensure the variety of products e-commerce sellers sell, you know, toilet paper to fidget spinners. You know, it's just, it's, a lot. it's, just, well, it's difficult sometimes. So you jumped in what you said five or six years ago that yep. I would I always call that you probably heard the term the wild west days of Amazon so that would be put you around what 20 at this time in 2016 or so so people can throw literally any product on Amazon for the most part um get really successful what, what what's kind of the landscape at the beginning is it pretty much like what, what were people initially asking to be covered under because uh, Amazon came at them with certain policies. Was it because of the policies that Amazon was inflicting or they're like, Hey, I'm not sure if I can get in trouble for this. Maybe I should get some sort of protection. What was kind of like, listen, I would say about 1% of the people say, Hey, I need to get protection. Cause I think I'm selling something risky. Everybody else is like, uh, Amazon is making me do this. To. So I need to do it now. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Because, because I'm told to now I have to follow and be compliant. So Amazon's telling them what, what was that policy like back then versus what it kind of is. And it's kind of yeah. So back right in the now. day, um, it always had said that you need a million dollar general liability with products completed. And what that means is general liability is more what you do or say as a business. 
So I sell this pen and I say that this pen's gonna make you look 50 pounds skinnier just by holding it next to your face. And I buy this pen and I'm like, no, this pen makes me look fat. And I sue you for like false advertisement. That's gonna be general liability. Now, if I take this pen and I'm walking down the street and that jabs myself in the eye and now I go blind, that's product liability. That's gonna be what your products do to harm somebody. So they've always wanted that. In the past, for the, like the last year or so, um, they were saying if you do 10,000 in sales for three consecutive months, they are going to require the policy. They're gonna they're gonna police the policy. It's always been required. They just weren't policing it. Right. About a year ago, they said we're gonna start policing it at 10,000 for three months. Then they came out um, on the first and said that 10,000 for three months now is. 10,000 period. If you've done 10,000 in one month, now it's going to be required. And okay. now they are policing it like crazy. So they sent out mass emails to everyone saying, hey, we're giving you 30 days to upload your certificate of insurance. If you don't upload your certificate of insurance, we're going to suspend you. Then they sent out another email on the 15th, 915-ish, and said, hey, we noticed you haven't got it uploaded yet. If it's not uploaded by the 30th, we're going to suspend you. So we really think, I think this is the last warning. I, who knows? I mean, it is Amazon. They, they've extended it a couple of times, but they are sending emails if it's not uploaded to customers. So I think. So for all intents and purposes, right. I was going to say for all intents and purposes. So if you're listening to this and you're an e-commerce seller and you don't have a policy, you sold $10,000 in one month. That date for that deadline is September 30th, correct? 30th. Yeah. You got two days. So that, so yeah, today it, we are, we are live now on the 28th. So that means that Ashley's phone should be ringing off the hook in theory right now after this. And she has people standing about to make sure that you're covered. How, well, I, if, if you had to guess, is there a significant amount of people who are not taking this seriously a lot or a yes. little, like what, what's the, what, what's kind of that, that threshold, if you will. So the last so I've, I've been saying this for five years and people are like, mm, whatever, girl, you're just trying to make some money. But we knew this was coming. We've, we've said, hey, this is in the terms of service. At some point, Amazon's going to get sick of dealing with claims that they don't have any dealing. They've been in court so many times and they're like, hey, I'm tired of taking responsibility for my third party sellers putting crappy products on. You're going to put crappy products on the platform. You're going to be responsible for it. In the last two years, I've seen so many court cases over and over and over again. I was, I've warned like, this is coming. They're sick of it. They're pushing this back on you. So there's been so many people that haven't taken this seriously. Like I'm not doing it until they force me to do it. I'm not doing it. So then the last 30 days or so we've seen, I mean, at least 200 a week of applications that we're getting where people are like, I have to have this now. And then the yeah. last 15 days after they got that second email, they're like, all right, I think they're serious this time. I guess I have oh to God. get it. So, so is this for, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So, well, Amazon, so there's a shift, right? You've been, you've seen watching Amazon for this, you know, the last five years or so. Amazon seems to have this actual pushback on lots of different negative feedback they've had over the, the that time span, if you will, right? Uh, bad reviews or just full, falsified reviews. 
Amazon's kind of taking the swift approach of, hey, we're going to find you, we're going to figure it out. And if if no matter how big or small you are, it, it's going to come down hard and swift, you're going to get kicked off. And that's actually led to um, top sellers actually being kicked off. It's, you know, middling uh, sellers, new and sellers uh, being kicked off. But this is another thing I think a lot of people are just not aware of. So in theory, going back to the marketplace again, well, who's liable? If you're talking to an insurance or an insurance person, which we are, and then also uh, a lawyer or someone who's protecting you. At the end of the day, Amazon's a marketplace. They're selling goods from different third-party sellers and their own products for two different consumers. At the end of the day, is something what happens to the if something breaks or causes harm or damage or falsify claims, and it's not what you is represented. It's always been. It's actually always been uh, up in the air of who's on the hook for that. Is it Amazon or is it the third-party? Uh, seller, but now you're telling us like Amazon's passing the buck. It's always been the third party seller, right? So or is that sh shifted? Yeah. So two things that we really look at. If you are doing just complete RAOA wholesale, I'll tell you this now. You will probably never be held responsible for a million dollar product liability claim. So if I'm just reselling this big pin and I jab the back big pin into my head, into my face, I'm going to sue you as a third party seller. I'm going to sue big. I'm going to sue Amazon and I'm going to sue the manufacturer of the big pin. Me as just a, a retail reseller, I will never be responsible for a million dollars. But what I will be responsible for is to hire an attorney to defend myself, to say, Hey, right. I'm not responsible. And if I don't have insurance, I'm paying that attorney out of my own pocket and defense attorneys are like $450 to $600 an hour. So you're paying for that. Now, if I take this big pen and now I private label it and I make it Ashlyn Haddon's pen, I now am 100% responsible. I have changed the original packaging. I have put my name on it. And now big pen is not responsible. Ashlyn Haddon is responsible. So it just depends on what type of um, seller you are. If you're just reselling, you probably won't be responsible. You're going to be responsible for the, the attorney fees. Mm -hmm. If you're private label, you will be 100% respons responsible plus the attorney fees. So private label sellers, there is no reason in the world you should not have insurance. Even, even with all this stuff going on with Amazon, it's required but there should be no reason you are selling anything with your name on it without having insurance. Right. And well, and that makes sense because um, at the end of the day, uh, something as, again, it can be as minute as uh, like you said, it blowing up or actually injury uh, cause injury to somebody. Again, that's not a small thing, but if you put your name on it, by definition, all these, that's what big companies, big brands are doing almost daily is fighting off claims left and right of, Hey, your product is what it was it represented or it caused injury and harm but at the end of the day it's it, it goes back to your marketing but then also goes back to the product itself so it's super important to have yourself protected or your business by just be in jeopardy in general so i'm sure you have plenty of different questions or like case studies right. and stories of consumers that are coming to you and say listen like this is what happened i didn't get um i didn't get coverage and that brand is no longer available is there a specific story you can share with people of Maybe scare them into, hey, this is what happened uh, because they didn't. I have a lot of scary stories. So one of my favorite that I like to tell when I, I speak at conferences, because some people, a lot of people come to me and say, I don't sell anything risky, so I don't need insurance. 
And that's one of my favorites because we actually had a claim and I don't even remember what the dude was selling, but let's just, let's say it was a pen again. So I'm selling this pen. It gets, uh, it was RA, um, retail arbitrage, and it was shipped mm -hmm. to this guy's house. Well, the guy tripped over the box and broke his hip and broke his clavicle. He sued USPS, he sued Amazon, and he sued my client. Well, of course, my client's not responsible for this dude's broken hip and his clavicle, but we had to hire the attorney because he had insurance to defend him from this. It was over $30,000 in legal fees just to get our client's name dropped from the lawsuit to say he wasn't responsible for this dude tripping over a box. And the guy's policy, our client's policy was $600 a year, and he had $30,000 in legal defense paid for. If he wouldn't have had insurance, he would have had $30,000 in legal fees that he would have had to pay on his own. So, Isn't that stupid? Somebody, yeah, well, I was gonna say, uh, it, it may be like we, we take some questions because I know people are just rolling this in already. Uh, how, how does how does a person come, how do you get notified first? Like if I'm, if I'm a seller, is there, is there like a, Again, if you're if you're a crime person or anything like that, it's called the statute of limitation. Is there a statute of limitation that someone can file a claim of uh, the product was like two years ago and now they've all of a sudden they want to file something against you like because it broke or didn't last as long? What's kind of that that statute of limitation? Not for really on like the insurance side. The insurance won't pay for a claim unless you had insurance during the time that you sold it. So let's say you sold something yesterday, but you you just started your insurance today. It's not going to pay for something that you sold yesterday. So we so can insure a burning building, get your insurance now, and then it would cover everything from the day that you buy your insurance moving forward. Well, that's fascinating because so if I'm if I've been in business for three years and I've only sold it two years ago, this person bought it three years ago, whatever that claim might be, in theory, it might not be covered because of. Yeah, you, you didn't have insurance. Order ID. Yeah, you can you can pin it back to order ID and when that was purchased and whatnot. So, exactly. Wow. That I mean, this is this is a case today. I'm assuming that's going to continue to go on because as brands and acquisition. So that that, that kind of leads me. Maybe I can take a pause and I'll start to formulate my thoughts. But some people actually said hello to to my raw friend of the show, Raul Shaw, to my favorite people. Uh, he had a couple of firing here. Claims on products need to be proved, so never claim unnecessarily. Does that make sense to you, Ashlyn? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just not file it. Don't file a claim that that's something that's, you know, not necessary that you can't just handle yourself. Um, I feel your pressure. Uh, here we go. It's just commentary. Uh, sellers need to get serious and not uh, not to do things last minute or when, only when they get caught. The attitude is no change. Uh, also calls gurus need to teach the right things, not to just get profit ticks. Morales has lots of takes today. Look at this. Sellers uh, selling <laughs> in the CE market, uh, marked products. Um, in the EU are allowed by law to have authorized representative in the EU effective from July 16, 2021 An authorized representative will ask for insurance before they represent the seller. So it oh, kind of brings up another point too, with some of our clients who come back and say, well, Hey, I don't sell anything risky or whatever. If you co-mingle in the Amazon's warehouse, there's no way for us to track back if your product was the one that harmed them or someone else's product was the one that harmed them. So again, you're going back to, I can't prove as an insurance um, company that it was yours. So you're going to have to pay out. Um, so just remember, it's not even your products. If you're co-mingling products with the, somebody else's products, you still could be responsible, even though it might not have been yours from the factory. 
So if I'm selling a pin and right next to me in an FB warehouse is that fidget spinner with knives and they can't determine which one is which, whether they don't have video evidence or anything like that, they can in theory claim against both. And I have no way to say, well, because my bin was next to this one, right. I can't say for a fact that uh, this one so didn't we, harm somebody. For example, we had a claim of, um, they were like these exercise bars that you like put over the top of your door and you kind of mm -hmm. like pull them down like this and they're like resistance bands kind of things. Sure. And we couldn't prove that they weren't, it wasn't her. So she's like, you know, mine come from the factory. Mine are all tested. Mine have all been approved. Mine have all been stress tested. Here's the video. Here's the online on how to install it correctly. Here's how to like, she had everything really. When I first got the case, I was like, this is open and shut. We've done everything right. Everything looks good, but come down to the end of it. They couldn't prove that she did do anything wrong. Couldn't prove that she didn't do anything, did everything right. And that it was her product and not someone else's product. So they ended up having to settle the claim. I got the check right here. $601,854 and 22 cents. $601,000. $601,000. Cause this thing snapped off and hit the guy in the eye. And her policy, so exercise equipment, private label is more expensive. Her policy was about five grand for the year. So it is a little bit more expensive on that side, but it but, was a $601,000 payout. Okay. So yeah, th th this leads me maybe to my my next question. Risky versus non-risky. What, what what's kind of that, that degree of separation yep. of what, what are your open to shut cases? Like there's literally no, no risk or reward. Like I, I could be protected with like a nickel or something like that. It's not true, but so the top five riskiest is on the body. So lotions, okay. makeup, Topical. that kind of stuff. Topicals in the body, supplements, food. So on the body, in the body for a pet, for a child or exercise equipment. Those are your top five. Like this is where the claims are happening over the last 18 months. So if I'm a supplement or if I'm in the baby category, topical, consumable or exercise. And this is just another dog. reason why exercising is just terrible. No, I know. I know, right? <laughs> it's not true. I, this is not an exercise podcast. We're not going to get an argument about that. This is a power <laughs> podcast. So, so, so for something like that, so um, in the exercise arena, I'm assuming because there can be strain on a body, injury can happen a lot more risky than say if I'm again riding with a pen or something. I learned, there's a percentage of more risk by using or selling a product. And you got to think, okay, so some people say, well, I, for example, I had a lady doing like those little baby Bjorn things where you, it's a fabric that you wrap around your body and you stuff your kid in the top. And her policy came back, I don't know, it was like seven grand or something like that. She was doing an astronomical amount of sales. And she's like, Ashlyn, it's just a yard of fabric. Nobody can get hurt on it. And I said, you've got to understand that that yard of fabric is responsible for holding a 15 pound child five feet off the ground. If the Velcro breaks, if you fall, anything happens, you now are responsible for the brain damage of that child for the rest of its life. And she's like, I never thought of it like that. And I was like, exactly. You can't just think of what the product is. You have to think about what the product could be used for and how it could be misused. Um, it could strangle somebody. I mean, you've got to think about all of the other crazy stuff that could happen that it's not designed to happen, but could actually happen.
So even if it was used without its intended purposes, Absolutely. that product in, in theory could be used as a weapon. It could be used as a, a damaging product. It could be like it has wheels, like for some reason or another, if the toy is just for a child, it has wheels. Someone steps on that thing and takes off. All of those things it apply. To happen, like if somebody gets hurt, there's always got to be somebody to blame. And that's just the American way. We sue anyone for any reason, hoping somebody has a pocketbook to shut us up. And it happens a lot with kids and pets. I, I guess we like our kids and pets, but we see it a lot with, yeah, um, a lot choice. of like the sleeper stuff. Anybody who's doing any type of like bedding for children, those little crib cribs or side beds or anything like that, if a child in its own free will, I don't know what to call it, passes away with, with no reasons, besides like it just happened, they will 100% blame whoever made that bed. It is SIDS, it is your fault, it is the blanket, it's the the, the, sh the little wrappy thing, whatever. They are going to sue everyone who has anything in that crib. So if you are selling anything in baby, you're looking at at least $5,000 a year for anything in that crib, bed, swaddle, blanket, category. Wow. Yeah. So I, I guess like, because you have to each case and each product is so different. So if I'm, so if I'm a private label sold, that's per product, right? Or is this, is this something that each policy is each brand has its own unique policy or is it going to have to be each ASIN? So insurance covers your business entity. So it's going to cover whatever products that you are selling. Now your higher risk products are named insurance policies. So you have to say, I sell a baby swaddle, I sell a blanket, I sell a pen, I sell a mouse pad. Right. They are listed on your policy. These are the five things that we're insuring. If you pick up a sixth item and you don't tell me, hey, Ashlyn, I picked up um, a chapstick. It is not insured you have to tell us these are your private label products in order for those to be covered. Now on the RAOA wholesale side, sell away. Whatever you wanna sell, you can just sell. I don't have to know every time you pick up a new ASIN on for retail arbitrage, but private label, you absolutely have to tell us every single time. And it's based on what you're selling and how much you're selling. If I'm selling $100,000 a year, my price is gonna be different than if I sell a million dollars a year. It's all based on what you're selling and how much of it you are selling. I was gonna say, with velocity um, potentially going up or the amount that you might be selling on a given time, that probably amps up and keeps pushing your tier up or your policy up just because the amount of people you're encountering, um, the amount of people are encountering uh, your brand or goods or anything like that. So, so for top sellers on a given time frame, it gets more intricate or I'm selling like uh, is it just like there's formulas involved, right? You've had to develop these own formulas yeah. from scratch of how often people are selling it. But this is just the United States. Is this something that if uh, I'm an international seller and I sell in Canada or sell in Mexico or if I sell in Australia, how does this like protect me internationally? Does that yeah, so you can add a worldwide endorsement to the policy. Um, it's $500 or 10% of your sales over 10,000. So you just add worldwide coverage and it would cover sales all over the country. I'm sorry, all over the world. Um, most of the rest of the world isn't as litigious as the United States. 
Um, okay. But it's a small price to pay to add those extra those extra countries onto your onto your policy. Interesting. And we have, we had another question come into earlier from a YouTube. Um, e Ideal actually asked, um, "What do you think Amazon will do if sellers don't won't have valid insurance after 30 days? They let sellers obtain the insurance, stop the payments, or is it a full on suspension?" So I had a client send me their nasty gram from Amazon last week. Um, it does say that they are going to give them 30 days. Uh, they're going to hold their payments for 30 days and then suspend after if they don't produce it after 30 days. So we believe starting the first, um, if you don't have it uploaded, they're going to start holding your payments. Then they'll give you the 30 days to upload it. And if you don't upload it within those 30 days, then we believe it's going to be to a suspension. Wow. So yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's big, just like uh, all these other valid products of certifications, anything like that, um, going through all these hoops. Now it's um, insurance in general. Uh, is it is it better to just preemptively just buy insurance to cover yourself at the very yes. beginning? Like you said, general insurance, but <laughs> if I, I haven't even made a sale on Amazon before I even make my first sale, what, what are kind of those like layups, if you will? Like, what are the things I need? Like if I'm a new seller, uh, what are those things you wish they would ask you? And my um, my suggestion is always have your policy before you sell your first product because you don't know if that first product is going to be the one that harms somebody. So what's the true. point of having the policy if you're, it's not going to protect you from day one? Um, I always say get it before you sell your first product. But most of your listeners are going to be selling already. So the sooner you get it, the more products the more sales that are covered. The longer you wait, the more you sell, the less products that are gonna be covered. So now rather than later. <laughs> exactly, and, and that, the, now's the time, uh, more, there's no time like the present to, to be protected. So um, walk me through, I, I guess, e-commerce insurance. So in this capacity, this is something that's harmful. Um, what other things that I might not, we know I have not have covered that insurance can maybe like help me in terms yeah. of, you know, as a business, like what, what are those other hidden things? Another big thing that we see a lot is customers come to us and say, Hey, I've got inventory in my basement and my garage and the storage unit and my mom's basement and my mom's garage and my uncle's basement that, <laughs> you know, you guys keep inventory um, to prep and ship out. Now, usually you're not keeping it all, a lot of, really long unless you're fulfilling by a merchant. Um, but a lot of people say, well, my homeowner's insurance is going to cover that. Well, unless you can lie to your homeowner's insurance that you've got 50,000 toothbrushes because you only use your toothbrush one time and you want a new one every time, they're going to know it's for a business and they're going to reject your claim. You have to insure your business with your business and your personal with your personal. They don't cross over. They're not going to pay claims if they know it's for a business. Um, so the other big thing that we add to these policies is inventory coverage. If you've got $30,000 in inventory to prep before Q4 and you have a fire in your house or in your garage, you're screwed. You've got no coverage. That's $30,000 right out the door. So for a couple hundred dollars more a year, you can insure those products. Wow. Another thing so, that we hear a lot is that they've got products at prep centers. I insure hundreds of prep centers. And I could tell you probably less than 5% of them actually ensure the products for the people that are using their prep center. If you don't have insurance extended to that prep center and they have a fire, they have a theft or 
they shut down and just walk away and your products are there, again, you've got nothing. You can add that to your policy, extend coverage to that prep center, and if something were to happen, you control the claim, not waiting on them and hopes that they have insurance to cover your products. Wow. There there seems to be all these different actual outside factors. Like, Like you said, there's all these different storms that can hit in various ways along your journey from just sourcing to all the way to getting in the consumer stands and doesn't even stop even after that. So with that being said, uh, it, this I'm assuming coverage would cause if like a boat went down or like tank, like a, like a freighter kind of capsized by accident and you, you have goods on that boat. Insurance can cover that in theory. Uh, if you had cargo insurance and that's, cargo a totally, insurance. that's a different policy too. <laughs> that's a different policy. Well, I was going to say there, there's all these different kinds of policies. So with that being said, is there, um, what about, uh, so at the end of the day, when brands and I guess my exciting thing of beginning to end, cargo insurance, obviously important. Um, we can talk about that if you want, but as, as you exit your brand, and I'm kind of curious about this uh, fascination, what's going on in the space right now. I'm selling my brand to an aggregator or private equity or whomever when I exit. At what point do I need to, am I passing on my policy to them or am I, what, what's kind of that transition period if I, if I exit work? So one more policy. (laughs) So there's a policy called a tail policy that you can purchase to extend your coverage for a a tail part of a time. So three years, five years, seven years um, that you can say, hey, I'm covering these types of products. Because again, your insurance is only going to cover for the, the time you own that business and you sold it. So when that new business comes in, they're going to have their own insurance policy and they're going to cover um, cover products from the day that they buy it moving forward. So if you just say, Hey, I'm done, I'm walking away. And someone comes back and has a claim from six months ago, the, the new buyer's not going to cover that because that was your business at the time. And if you don't have insurance, you didn't extend it, then you're paying for it out of pocket. Um, but what's not to plug myself, but that's, what's great about working with somebody who's in e-commerce. We right. ask those questions. It's not like go online with Progressive and, and get an insurance policy. Get a policy. free quote. We, yeah. We ask if where you're sourcing. We ask if you have products in your car. We ask if you're shipping from overseas. We're asking what platforms you sell on. Do you sell on .com and .eu and, and chat? Like, what other platforms are you selling on? Do you use your vehicle for personal use like or business use? We ask those questions and we build a policy for you that protects you for all of these risks. If you don't want it, fine. You can come back and say, Ashlyn, I want the bare bones basic that Amazon has required me to have. And that's all I want. At least I did my job in saying, hey, here's here's your risks. Here's where we see that you could be potentially liable for for things. And here's where you're going to need a little bit more coverage. It's your choice. If you don't want it, that's fine. But at least we asked you those questions and showed you, hey, these are the options that you've got out here. I was going to say, because I mean, now, now the brands are becoming, I say a lot of people are becoming now brands and they're building these brands and they're building these quote empires, if you will, and even exiting, there's more at risk now than I would say almost ever uh, in the time that we've both been in the space. And and that's the most fascinating thing is if you're not pre- protected there, there could be these outside things. Um, Maybe maybe a, a couple more questions before I let you go today. If someone attacks me or if I, uh, if I get like, there's black hat tactics that go against myself and I get harmed 
because of that, or my listing goes down or something of that sort? What, what, what's kind of something that I get protected in that regards because of I'm down because of lost sales or anything like that. Is that possible? There's or? nothing right now. So we did have the suspension insurance. It wasn't working and paying out correctly. So we did pull that off the market. Um, I am working with another company to do it again. We just got to make sure it's done right this time and that it actually pays out claims. Um, so right now the answer is nothing, but stay tuned. It's coming. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. That's good. That's a good thing to know because um, people, I'm trying to think of like the more popular things that are going on right now that obviously lots of people uh, might be affected by just to, to kind of like get, get that uh, momentum going. But even still any operation of business, there should be protection uh, in that regards. But is there anything like going into key four, is there seasonality with, with this industry that there's a lot more claims in certain parts of the year versus not? There is. <laughs> Only because you're selling more. So Q4, Q4 is um, typically our higher claims, but that's because you guys are selling a lot more. Um, we also see more claims in a down uh, a down economy. So we have seen more claims in the last 15 months than we saw in the prior 15 months, and it's because people are looking for a quick buck. People want to make money really, really fast and not work for it. So if they can sue somebody and get a chunk of change, they're going to do it. Um, so Q4 does seem to be higher than normal. Um, but other than that, not, not nothing really crazy. Nothing crazy. Nothing There's just crazy. crazy people all year round. <laughs> you're, you're just selling well, more in Q4. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I have my questions answered and like, I, I naturally are, there's a lot of different black holes you can go down and obviously dark holes, but for Ashlyn again with time, and I know you're super busy today and I, I kind of want to be respectful of that for people who might have like questions, because again, I, I can't ask all these questions because each product, each brand, there's so many different variances. If people are going to be connecting with you or like working with you or they have those questions, how, how do they reach out? How do they connect? How do they, um, you know, how they find out more information? Right. So, we are extremely, extremely busy. I'm a group of five women here in Indiana. Um, we are trying our hardest to make sure that we get to everybody. We just can't answer the phones right now and have a 30 minute conversation with everybody. Um, so the best and easiest way to kind of get things started is to go to the website, which is the www.ecom.insure. So www.ecom.insure. If you go there, there's a application. There's it says I private label or I don't private label. Make sure you pick the right one. <laughs> if you private label, click the private label one. Complete the application as best as you can. The biggest hiccup we are seeing right now is you have to have a US address. You have to have a US EIN. So if there's anyone who does not have an EIN or a US address, we cannot help at this time. You can get a US EIN. And you can get a U.S. address very, very easily. Get that, then complete the application. Once you get the application, we'll send it over to you or send over your quote. If you have questions at that time, then absolutely we can get on the phone call and call you. But we know what we're doing. We've done it 7,000 times in the last five years. We know what Amazon wants. We know how to get it approved. Um, we know what drop shipping is. We know, we know your situation. It's not unique to any other e-com sellers. So we get that a lot. Like I have, I need, I have to talk to you. I have a very unique situation and they're just drop shipping. 
we know what it is. We know, we know how to handle it. Fill out the application. We promise it will meet Amazon's requirements. We'll get you approved. We'll get you, get you going. Just fill out the application. And then if you have to have a phone call, then we absolutely will give you a phone call, but go to the website first, please. <laughs> I was going to say probably 95% of it can be answered through the website. It's pretty intuitive. I've absolutely. done it myself. Uh, and I'm not even the Amazon seller, uh, or I haven't sold in a long time. So I was going to say, it's pretty intuitive. Check her out and check Ashley. Can they connect with you on LinkedIn or like do you have forums yeah, so or Q and A's or things yep. like that? Facebook is great. I'm on messenger, Ashlyn D Haddon or Ashlyn Haddon insurance. You can connect with me on there. Um, I'm not on LinkedIn very much, but I'm on there. If you want to send me a message there, that's cool. But I, I, I don't check that as much as I do with Facebook messenger. We're on Twitter and all of that stuff too, but. Probably all Facebook the, all the social media, exactly. You got to pick your reason. You got to stick with it. No, that. that I'm even sense. on well, TikTok. Have... Are you really? All right, now I have to I check. Started. I haven't put a lot of go. videos up yet, but. Well, first team is six, and yeah, as busy you guys are, like, is there like what? What's that next? Like, what's that next step for you guys? The uh, five years you've hit um, plus, is it growing? Is growing the um, availability? Like, what, what's that growth factor? Yeah. So the biggest thing right now we're trying to grow is just having more markets. Um, once you have those high risk markets, um, the price goes up there and we're really just trying to find more economical prices. Now that we've got some statistics, we've been doing this five years. We know what the claims look like. Um, we just want to make sure that everybody can afford to have a policy. So now it's just kind of helping our clients, making sure that you guys have the right products and the right prices. Amazing. Well, Ashlyn, thank you so much again for hopping on today. Um, I got a notification. Someone's on my on the way to my house, so I don't know who that is, but uh, it, I, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I don't want someone to interrupt our uh, our podcast episode. But for more information, obviously connect with you on those ways. Absolutely. And then uh, we threw your website is in the comments and show notes section as well. So thank you so much for hopping Perfect. on. We'll have to do this in specific roundtable or something else, part two or three. Maybe end of Q four once everybody's insured. <laughs> I was just, after everyone's insured, if yeah, if you're not insured, and we actually had a comment, uh, Raul, our friend, <laughs> don't get to say people, don't wait, call Ashlyn right away. Look at that, it's like a tagline, like he already there made the marketing for you. So that's amazing. So thank you so much, Ashlyn, for thank hopping you. on today Bye. and talking e-commerce insurance. Bye. Uh, thank you everyone again for hopping on Crossover Commerce Day. Again, this is a uh, look at a uh, brief insight into e-commerce insurance and whatnot. Uh, again, so many different unique uh, things you have to look at as an insurance uh, from the insurance perspective, excuse me, but then also as a person who, um, you know, you might not have all those uh, intricacies that Ashlyn talked about, but if you're exiting a business or if you're trying to grow a brand and you're going to different markets, all these intricacies actually do, um, do make you more liable. So that being said, September 30th, check it out a little bit more. Um, you need to be insured by that. And if you're selling over $10,000 a month, that, that that's the deadline. And that, that is something in two days as of this is going live, you have to be insured. So make sure you get covered today. That being said, this is crossover commerce episode 160. If again, if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in or watching or listening. If you're listening on your favorite podcast station, if not, we are also available again, live when we do go um, and talk to our different kinds of guests and uh, special um, speakers, if you will. This week, we have lots of great different ones coming up, uh, but you have to stay tuned. To be notified, go ahead and follow us on social media, and then also follow myself. That's where we post all of our episodes. What's coming live that week, you can go back and listen to that. Um, you can actually do and listen to all 
audio episodes on usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast. It's a new website or a new page that we have for our podcast that you can listen to and check out as well. That being said, I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next episode. Take care.